Sometimes when it rains, there isn't much to do but to enjoy the stillness and listen to the drops fall. Welcome to the Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark. While evidence of warmer days and new plant growth are everywhere, early spring can be one of the most challenging moments of the year. With birds singing more every day and sunshine that finally warms us to the core on clear, calm days, it can be easy to forget that the moments between winter and summer can be moments of scarcity for many creatures. The last of fall's fruits and seeds have been plucked by birds. The new plant growth neither provides adequate shelter from danger yet, nor a filling meal. Yet more creatures are arriving or waking up needing to eat. Even the ants that emerged on warm mid-March days appeared confused about what to eat and where to go as they explored my kitchen for an answer. So it is with a great sense of relief when I notice the splash of violet flowers that appear in the lawn at this time of year, providing some much-needed diversity of color on the landscape and food for a variety of creatures. There are many species of violets in Maine, all in the genus Viola, but not all are violet in color. Some are white, yellow, blue, or purple. The flowers usually have five petals, four of which point upward like a fan, and the fifth points down like a tongue. Upon close inspection, you will notice striations on the petals which help guide pollinators to the nectar and pollen within. Violets typically grow close to the ground in moist soils, and their leaves are characteristically heart-shaped. You'll find them in shaded areas, like the forest floor, and they can spread in lawns due to their rhizomes. Regardless of which violet species you find, they all flower in early spring. Their blooming is triggered by the length of daylight hours, rather than the weather. Pollinator activity, however, is more attuned to the weather, so if we have a particularly cold spring, violets may struggle with getting the pollination services they need. Fortunately, they have another trick up their stems. Violets produce backup flowers that can self-pollinate. These are easy to miss because they grow beneath the already low-growing leaves. Self-pollination is not an ideal strategy as it reduces genetic diversity, but it is a helpful backup plan to ensure the next generation. When violet seeds are ready for dispersal, the membrane of the surrounding fruit dries and shrinks. This shrinking pops the seeds three to four feet out and away from the plant less if they are seeds from the self-pollinating flowers obscured by foliage, but impressive for such a small plant. Even more impressive is how violets trick ants into seed dispersal services. On each violet seed, there is a small protrusion that looks and even smells, to an ant, like insect larvae, ideal for bringing home to feed their young. Once back at the colony, ants break off that larvae-imitating growth to offer as baby food and leave the actual violet seed in a pile of ant waste, a setting ideal for violet germination. This symbiotic relationship between the ant and the violet is a win-win. The young ants receive a protein-rich meal, and the violet seeds are distributed far and wide into an ideal growing medium. In addition to ants, violets provide food to a huge range of wildlife, from caterpillars and juncos to small mammals and turkeys, and even humans. We can eat the vitamin A and C-rich young violet leaves in salads, cooked like spinach, drunk as tea, or added to soups as a thickener. The delicate flowers themselves can also be added to salads or candied for a beautiful wild treat. 
So the next time you're outside, watch for your local violets. Can you catch a pollinator doing its job or find the backup self-pollinating flowers under their leaves? Later, can you catch the seeds bursting into the air a yard away or find an ant carrying a seed? Like just about everything in nature, violets are worth a closer look. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, references, and violet recipes and photos by visiting archives.weru.org. You can also submit your favorite seasonal sayings and observations through our blog, linked there as well. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology. (laughs) 